Welcome to Musicals with Impact, a podcast that is part of the Broadway Refocus Project, exploring Broadway's past with a goal to reshape its future. In each episode, we learn about a new and innovative musical that encompasses BIPOC, transgender, queer, women, disabled, and other underrepresented voices. We celebrate a culture-shifting musical as it begins its journey to the Broadway stage. Musicals with Impact is developed in partnership with New York Theatre Barn, a not-for-profit theater company that incubates original musicals that tell untold stories, produced by Fashion Consort and part of the FC Podcast Network. And now, your host, Spencer Williams, musical theater educator, composer, and playwright. In Musicals with Impact, we want to give you, the listener, an opportunity to hear about new, exciting, up-and-coming musicals that feature untold stories and voices. This podcast is for everyone. Producers, artistic directors, and theater companies looking for new musicals to develop, musical theater performers looking for new work to sing and learn about, and musical theater enthusiasts who want to learn more about what will be coming to Broadway in years to come. In each episode, we will learn a little bit about the writers and how the project was started, what the musical is about, and where the show is at in its development process. These writers will also have a chance to feature one of their favorite songs from the show as we listen to it together. And finally, we will learn about the writers' next steps and hopes and dreams for the show. I'm excited to take this journey learning about new writers and musicals with you. I know they will make a huge impact on musical theater in years to come, and I look forward to following their journeys to Broadway in the future. Welcome to Musicals with Impact. Welcome to the first podcast of Musicals with Impact, and we're very excited today to welcome Elise Mara, composer, book writer, lyricist, everything, of Frankie the Musical. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being here with us today. Why don't we go ahead and start with giving us a little bit of background about yourself, and definitely don't forget your age because I'm impressed. I'm Elise. I am from Michigan, currently in Michigan. I'm the writer of Frankie the Musical, and I'm 17. Amazing. So at 17, you already have a cast album of your musical up on Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, and anywhere you can get music. Yeah. Congratulations. That's amazing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey of Frankie the Musical and how you started writing it and a little bit about it? I started writing Frankie the summer after my freshman year of high school based off true events, based on this girl I knew in high school started it writing it then got a first draft on that summer and then it that summer i met joe barros works in new york theater barn great dude and then it was about spring of 2019 i started talking to him about him coming on as a director for the project and then i had my producer ashley k adams who's amazing and we wound up doing a new york industry read august 2019 which was super dope got the show a lot of traction and kind of, you know, everyone wanted to hear the music. So we were like, I guess the next step is recording this cast album. So that's what we did. That's incredible. You're the only one on your writing team then? Yeah. So you've done it all. Appears that way. <laughs> what was the experience 
like with developing your show with New York Theater Barn and then also your studio cast recording with Broadway Records? New York Theater Barn, it just, you know, it felt natural to work with them because we had Joe on as the director and he's the artistic director of New York Theater Barn. So they were, it was New York Theater Barn and AKA Productions that produced the industry read in August. We worked with them on that. And some of the songs have been featured on their new work series that they do, which are super cool and super awesome. And then when we started talking about the album and I think it was probably after we had it all like cast and like kind of ready to go, we were approached by Broadway Records as far as partnering with them for distribution and release. Tell us a little bit about the story of Frankie. Yeah, so Frankie is about a girl in high school and she kind of struggles with her mom is mentally not all there and she has two younger sisters, the younger of which is adopted and she takes, she, you know, she's in high school but she steps into this parental role in her family, sort of maternal role in her family and halfway through the show she gets struck with a mystery medical illness but she's struck with this and she kind of has to figure out what her priorities are and she has to figure out how to be there as a parental role for her younger siblings but also taking care of herself which is really important. Within the music how are you integrating that into the story and how does that all fit together? I mean, I guess that goes back to like the writing process of it. When I started, I kind of got plot points out for the show and I was like, this is kind of where I want it to go. And of course that changed so much, so much. But I did start by writing the music and kind of figuring out, I'm like, what moments, what plot points, you know, would just be better if they were sung and not just, you know, could be dialogue, could be a scene. But started with writing the music and then sort of knowing where I had songs, what songs I had and filling in the gaps with dialogue. Now that you've created a concept album of Frankie, do you think that you are going to update any of the songs in a new production or possibly a development uh, process of your show? Or do you believe that these are the songs and this is it? And is there any new songs that you're writing? Always working. Also, the concept album is not all of the songs. So it's only 10 of them. And so I doubt those 10 will change significantly, but there's, you know, I think six others that, I mean, no one's heard them really. So they could change and like people would have noticed, but those could change or some could be added. But yeah, the ones that are on the album probably will not change. So there's six more songs. That's what my head says. Six, I want to say six to eight. I haven't looked at it in a while. You've had the opportunity to work on the show in the new work series, and then also creating your concept album and some of these different readings. Have you seen the show from top to end? And what's next? Yeah, we did a staged reading of it last August, which is kind of seeing it. It's kind of not, you know, there's not like a lot of blocking or like choreo, but I did get to kind of see it start to finish but then there was a lot of changes made after that so i haven't really seen it i'd I'd be excited to so it's been a year since you've seen it really right yeah and how much has it changed since then oh probably it you know it's recognizable like you'd be like oh yeah i know that but before then when we involved joe in the project there's a lot of you know just like talking about the script with him and then we did table reads 
smaller table reads where could hear it out loud. And there's a lot of changes made in between like May of 2019 to like August of 2019. You probably wouldn't recognize it, but since we're reading a few things, not much. Have you been working on it during the pandemic? Not really. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a while. It's good to take some space sometime from your show. Well, it's also just like theater's having a moment right now. So there's no rush. So to clarify, so you've had these opportunities with New York Theater Barn, your concept recording. I'm just wondering, like, what's your next step? What's going to happen next for Frankie? So many great things have already happened for it. But, you know, there's always a next step in development. So what are you thinking? Oh, golly gee. I mean, like I said, theater's having a moment. So we have had a talk of like switching mediums, which is always fun. So that's out there. That's about it. Yeah. What other mediums are you looking at? Probably to like film or, you know, just because that's happening right now. You know, like people are filming stuff right now and you can reach a wider audience in like a shorter amount of time, which is nice. If we had an artistic director or producer sitting next to us in this conversation, what would be your next step for Frankie? Like, what do you need as a writer to move this story and this show forward? Yeah, definitely the next step would put it on a platform where I can see it on its feet with choreography, with blocking. And I know before the pandemic, we were reaching out to regional theater companies and then also universities to see if we could just, you know, get a production of it up to see it. So I think I think that's what we were talking about. But again, it's been a while. So is most of the cast younger and the characters younger in this or is there some older characters as well? Character wise, it's yeah, it's a bunch of teens. There's the mother and the father who are older. There's one nurse character who's not really older, but like adult. And then the teens. So it really could be a great spot at a university. Yeah. Or even, you know, a college age students. I had the opportunity to produce my own show at Michigan State University and to see it with students was amazing. It could be really potentially an awesome next step for you seeing college age students on your show. Mm -hmm. Right? Definitely. I think it's good. Yeah. Now that we have COVID, there's this pause for theater. And we're re-examining what stories are on the stage and what voices we're lifting up. Tell us a little bit from your own words of why you believe this story needs to be told in 2020 and then also, you know, moving forward. I love a story with a lot of women. It has a lot of strong female characters. We love to see it in 2020. And I mean, two other things, but one of them kind of, you saw this in Dear Evan Hansen a bit. We've been seeing this a bit. You're actually, we're getting to this point where we're getting to see teens and like younger people have real emotions, <laughs> which is kind of wacky to think of, but it's not just like they're there to be the kid. I don't know, but we're actually getting to like see teens have real emotions and more teen characters and people can relate to, which is awesome. And then the main thing I like to say about Frankie is it is an LGBTQ story and but I always say, like, if Frankie was straight, the story wouldn't change. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, absolutely. I totally get what you're trying to say. Which I think is, we're, like, we're coming on that. And 
we've had so many great musicals and shows about, you know, the coming out process and all that, which is so important. But I think people also like to see a moment of like, she's not in turmoil because of it. <laughs> she, maybe she's in turmoil because of other things, but not because of the, like, you're just going to watch him be kind of happy about it, which is, which is fun. <laughs> yes. And it's absolutely needed in the musical theater canon. Not every story in the LGBTQIA plus like characters need to be about coming out. You know, we don't see that in the heterosexual community where, you know, Every story is about them coming out. That's not even a thing. So it's good to normalize some of that experience that characters have different experiences than that. Yeah. Their sexuality isn't what's like hindering them in the story. Like it's just, oh, it's cool. <laughs> like I get to see myself and be like, ah, oh. like people in the audience can see themselves in it, but not be like, oh, why does, it, why does everyone so mad at them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's great that we have a woman-centered story and then also an LGBTQIA plus-centered story. Those stories need to be told. And it's also really important that as an audience member or as a teenager growing up that they have representation of who they are on the stage. I know that was an important piece for me as I listened to Rent in the 90s. So, yeah, it's important. Yeah, which is so great. One of the things that we're going to do on Musicals with Impact is listen to a song together from the show that we're discovering. So today, tell us a little bit about the song that you chose to showcase and give us a little bit of background. We're excited to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So the song is Take a Deep Breath Prologue slash Keep It All Together, which, you know, I felt it was appropriate. It's the opening number, so there's not much to get confused by. <laughs> yeah, it's the opening number. You just kind of see the hecticness of Frankie's day-to-day. Who is playing Frankie on your studio cast recording? Yes, in this song, you get to hear Caitlin Kinnanen sings for Frankie, and then you also have Autumn Hurlbert and Jason Sweettooth Williams as their parents, Allie Trim in Delphi Borich, and then there's also Jason Gote. So here is Take a Deep Breath Prologue, Keep It All Together from Frankie the Musical. In my role 
enough about it Sit down, eat breakfast, Cindy pills in the cabinet Keep it all together or everyone will Frankie, what is this sausage? Your favorite I don't eat meat anymore Keep it all together or everyone will know Where is the mail? Right here I'm going back to the hospital together or everyone will know I just push through every day minute by minute never daring to show that I need help I just push through day by day minute by minute one day we'll all laugh about it Karina Josephina plus will be here any minute I can't job fun fun song what's it like to listen to the song again i'm i'm sure you've had some space from it so what's that like yeah no i haven't listened to it in a while yeah because it's like i always listen to music in the car and i'm not driving anywhere so i feel like i just like don't listen to music anymore it's bad but you know it just it brings back good memories it's a fun time <laughs> absolutely it's definitely a catchy opening number, and it piques your interest to listen more. And as we've said, for listeners who are new to Frankie, you can listen to that on Apple, Spotify, you know, where they can get music. But where are some other places where we can learn more about Frankie the Musical? Yeah, we have an Instagram page, at Frankie Musical, I want to say is the handle. If you Google us, you'll get some fun Playbill articles. Uh, if you want to listen to the music, yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, 
someone put it on YouTube, not me, uh, but someone did, so you can listen to to it on there if you want, I guess. Yeah. That's great. Now, if you had a dream production of Frankie the Musical and there was a producer sitting here saying, I have all the money in the world and I'm going to give it to Frankie, what would that dream production look like? What's that dream in your head? We're curious. I I love In the Round. I got to say, I'm a huge fan of In the Round. I This is really specific. I really like the Booth Theater because it's a smaller, it's on the smaller end. And that's what I kind of like about In the Round because it's such an, it's an intimate experience, which is hard to get in like a huge theater like, like the Longacre or like the Broadway Theater, you know, and probably, you know, at the Booth <laughs> would be nice. On the technical side of your production, what's your dream about tech? Like you didn't have any issues with money. What would you like to see on the stage yeah no i think i'm thinking definitely minimalistic and i'm pretty sure our director joe would probably agree with me because you just have to let the the music and the dialogue tell the story and the actors tell the story because i think you know the telltale sign of a good show is if you could like put them on stage with nothing and still enjoy it you know and you don't like even need like a chair like you can still enjoy it so I'm like, why get fancy if you don't have to? And it, of course, for some shows, it's like, you got to get fancy. Like, no one's going to do Saigon in a black box. Oh, I'm kind of here for that idea. I definitely would watch Miss Saigon in a black box. <laughs> <laughs> As a new listener or someone who would like to produce your show, what would be the best way to get in touch or you know, join the conversation about Frankie the Musical? I have a website. Uh, it's just www.elisemara.com that you can contact me through. I also have an Instagram page, which is just at Elise Mara. You can DM me. I'm on there like 24-7. And you can also go through the production company on the project, aka Studio Productions, which you can also find on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here today, Elise. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> It's been wonderful to talk to you, Elise, about Frankie the Musical, and we're really excited to follow your journey on what's next. And hopefully when we come back, we'll be able to see a live production of it. Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here with us on Musicals with Impact and sharing your story about Frankie the Musical. Please find that on Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, and enjoy a new musical. Thank you for listening to this episode of Musicals with Impact on Broadway Refocused, produced by Fashion Consort and part of the FC Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To learn more about the Broadway Refocus Project and its musical theater curriculum, please visit broadwayrefocus.com. You can also join the conversation on Instagram or LinkedIn at Broadway Refocused. Thank you to Trevor List, who developed our graphic design, Iranian-American actor Rod Cyrus for their voiceover work, and Spencer Powell for our theme music. Stay tuned for our next episode.